I started this podcast to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit was leading me to do. And I wasn't really sure about it. But then as the time went on and so many people from all over started to respond to um, the different podcasts, I was blown away because I'm it's just me and I'm just speaking into my voice memos and just giving what the Holy Spirit's given me and it's touched so many different people and it just reminds me of what God can do when you allow him to do it and how he can use you um, and it could be greater than you've ever thought or imagined and I'm thankful for the opportunity and I just hope um, that I in some way, shape, or form, can draw people um, to encourage people, to motivate people, to inspire people, to want to get to know God more, to better their relationship with God, or to even to to desire a relationship with God. If I could leave one person to say, hey, you know, I'm interested and knowing more about this God and and finding more out about what plans he has for me, then to me, that's more than I could ever ask for. Hey there, it's Jay. And on today's episode, I remember I was really impatient with marriage. I was like, oh, if it doesn't happen now, it's not going to happen. Like how much longer every day was just like, okay, God, where is, where is this man? Like, what is he doing? Is he saving the world? Is that why he's busy? Like, I don't, I don't understand why you haven't brought us together. And God checked me in that moment because I wasn't operating out of a godly desire for marriage. I was operating out of my emotional need. Hello there. It is Jay. I am back. The Holy Spirit gave me, um, something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, but I didn't have the best vocabulary. I didn't have um, the best way of explaining it. So I just kept, you know, in in my back pocket. Um, But recently God has given me new vocabulary and a new way of explaining it. So hopefully um, this will not only really help someone, hopefully my singles out there, but I'm hoping that it also makes a lot of sense too. <clears throat> so this actually applies to a lot of different areas in our lives, but I'm going to be bringing it and discussing it and giving explanations and examples from a relationship, specifically singles and singles waiting perspective. Um, but I'm going to be talking about emotional needs slash desires and how we have to weigh our desires with the scales of God and and not our our own scales. So before I delve deeper into that, um, I'm going to give a little background. So we are a triune being. So we have three different parts to us. We have our physical body, we have our spirit, and we have our soul. So to be even more plain, we have, we live in a body, we are a spirit, and we have a soul. 
And I know that a lot of times, especially with um, a lot of the new age and modern times, we refer to the spirit and the soul synonymously, but they're not the same thing. Um, they are two actually different parts of us, but we they're just so intertwined that it can easily seem like they're the same thing. But when I say the soul, I'm talking about our mind, our, our will, excuse me, and our emotions. So each one of these parts has needs. And these are not just wants, things that would, you know, be nice if, if these things were given to us, but it's needs that each parts of us require. So um, if you think about our physical body, which is probably the easiest um, way to think about this topic. So I'm going to be referring to a lot of physical things just to make it as plain as possible. So if you think about our physical body, um, our physical body, we require or we need food to survive. We need water to survive. We need shelter, right? Well, our spirit also has needs. It needs God. We need to be in relationship with God. And if if you know the Bible, you know that when we, not we, but when Adam <laughs> fell, um, we actually died spiritually because we lost our relationship with God. Um, and we also need the word of God to, for our spirit to, to survive. And then our soul has needs. They have, our soul has emotional needs. So I'm going to give the list out. It's a pretty long list. Um, but I'll talk about that in detail. But our soul has specific emotional needs. And these aren't just, you know, hmm, you know, it'd be nice if I got them. Like, no, these are legitimately things that our emotions, they require, our soul requires to be met. So if any of these needs aren't met, then we will begin to not even we, so that if the needs are not met, if the needs are, if the needs are expressed and they're denied in one area, it will kind of hijack or circumvent to have those needs met. So no matter what, the, the need is going to be there and it's going to seek out every possible avenue to be met. So I'm going to give an example. I have time here. Tom is trying to lose weight. Um, first of all, Tom is not a real person, but <laughs> just want to make that clear. I'm not, I'm not spilling anybody's business, but Tom um, is my example. I'm going to be using him a lot. So Tom is trying to lose weight. It's a new year. He's trying to get his body back. New year, new him. So Tom has subscribed to a crash diet. And what I mean by crash diet is that he's going to extremely reduce the amount of calories that he's taking in and hopes to burn a lot of fat or lose a lot of weight quickly. So our bodies, the way that God designed them, they require a lot of energy or a lot of calories. Not a lot, but they were, they ha it has a set number of energy or qualities that, not qualities, help me Jesus. It has a set number of calories that it requires um, to be able to do basic things like um, chew, to breathe, even to sit, your body requires energy. And if Tom eats less than that, then his body will do certain things to try to rectify it. So 
by the, the first thing that his body might do is it's going to send him cravings. So these, and I know that hopefully this is not something foreign, but these would be extreme desires for food. Um, and usually when you're depriving yourself or when there's an extreme deficit in calories, your body's going to crave the highly caloric um, or the, the food with the most calories. So Tom is now craving pizza and donuts and ice cream, but not just any ice cream, the ice cream with like seven different toppings in it. Um, but he's able to withstand that. So he's like, no, I really want to have my abs out this summer. I'm not going to do it. And so then his body goes to another method, um, which is it's causing him to fall asleep a lot now. So your bodies require, our bodies require less energy asleep than we do awake. So a way for our bodies to remedy not getting enough calories is that we will sleep, we'll fall asleep and we'll stay asleep longer to try to conserve the amount of energy that we're getting to make it stretch, to make the, the calories last or make the energy last. But even though he's passing out, falling asleep all over the place, he still will not give in and eat more calories. So the last thing um, that his body's going to do is it's going to actually go into starvation mode. And that is where um, everything that he eats, whether it's a healthy salad or some fruit, everything that his body eats is going to find a way to take that sugar, take that protein and convert it into fat because fat is stored energy. And that's the way the body um, is going to be able to survive is by storing everything as fat. So even though Tom was very diligent about depriving his body of the need, the body still figured out a way for that need to be met. And our souls are the same way, or they will do the same thing. So if an emotional need of ours isn't met, our mind will um, hijack our emotions, which desires is a, an emotion, but I want you to think of desires as a craving. So desires are actually, the Holy Spirit gave me this, desires are actually cravings of the soul. So our mind will hijack our emotions, i.e. our desires or cravings to have that need met. So let's use Tom as an example again. Let's say that unfortunately Tom has had rejection in his life. Let's say that his mom abandoned him when he was younger and he want, and his mom wanted nothing to do with him. So people who have had rejection can have desires of being famous or becoming famous or just being the best at something. Um, so Tom begins to develop this strong desire to become a famous guitar player. And it's not just that he loves to play the guitar and he enjoys it. It's that he wants to be the best at it. He wants to be known for playing the guitar. So he dedicates all of his time to mastering this skill of playing the guitar. And boom, 
he becomes like maybe let's say like in his 20s he becomes famous and he's touring all all over the world with all of these um top musicians and he's known for playing the the guitar so to back up for a moment Tom had rejection in his life, and any time that there is rejection, the only cure is acceptance. So since acceptance was the need that he was deprived of in his childhood, um, he began to crave it. And because our minds are so clever, the mind figured out that if he became famous, not only would he meet the need of acceptance, but it would make it so he would likely never have to be rejected again. So it began to hijack, um, his mind began to hijack his desires, and now he has a burning desire or a craving to become something that his soul, that his soul decided would make him whole. So in a previous podcast, uh, it was titled, are you ready for marriage? I think I called this a deficit and I called it a deficit because I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't, I knew what the Holy Spirit was telling me, but I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't really know how to express it clearly. So I kept calling it a deficit. Um, but now that he's given me a greater understanding, um, and he's given me new vocabulary, I'm going to say it again. So we as singles, cannot get married um, to satisfy a craving of an emotional need. So I'm going to try to say it again to make it clear. So we as singles cannot use marriage as a means or way to satisfy a craving that is being sent from our emotional needs. And there are a lot of them. So hold on, let me... I'm going to read them. Give me one second. So we have a need to be accepted, acknowledged, admired, appreciated, approved of. We have a need to be authentic. We have a need to be believed in. We have a need to be capable. We have a need to be cared about or to feel cared about. We have a need to be challenged. We have a need to be clear and not confused. We have a need to be competent. We have a need to be confident. We have a need to be forgiven. And we have a need to be forgiving. We have a need to be free. We have a need to be fulfilled. We have a need to be heard and helped. We have a need to be helpful. We have a need to be important. We have a need to be in control. We have a need to be included. We have an emotional need to be listened to, to be loved, to be needed. We have an emotional need to be noticed. We have an emotional need to be powerful. We have an emotional need to be private, um, to be productive or to be useful. We have an emotional need to be reassured, to be recognized, to be respected. We have an emotional need to be safe and secure. We have an emotional need to be supported. We have an emotional need to be treated fairly, to be trusted, to be understanding, to be understood. We have an emotional need to be valued and worthy. So if any of those needs go unsatisfied, 
then we can begin to have cravings or desires um, to have them be satisfied. And that's normal. It's normal for us to have these needs. It's not just a desire. It's not just a, oh, it would be nice if I was accepted. Or, oh, it would be nice if I was acknowledged. That's not just a a passing thing. It's a legitimate need that our soul requires. But what we as singles can't do is that we can't make marriage um, the means to satisfy that emotional need. And I know you're probably like, well, why not? Like, it, it, there's first of all, there's a bajillion emotional needs. <laughs> so why wouldn't it be lined up? Now, God created us for each other. God created us to be in relationship with each other um, to some capacity, either as friends or in a romantic relationship. God created that. He made that. So why wouldn't he have that, have human interaction and human relationship, why wouldn't he have that be the anecdote to our emotional needs? And the Holy Spirit gave me three reasons. So the first reason is that marriage wasn't designed for that purpose. And um, I'm going to try to be as comforting as I can, but the way the Holy Spirit just, he gave it to me was just like, you know, boom, I didn't make it for that. But if you look at Genesis, um, when God made the first marriage, Adam and Eve, he gave them certain a job. He gave them certain, um, I don't want to say rules, but he gave them tasks, things that, that they were to do in the earth. And that was the purpose that he made man for, that he, not made man for, that was the purpose that he made marriage for, excuse me. And unfortunately for us, meeting each other's emotional need was not the purpose for marriage. Um, And I don't want to make this too long, so I'm not going to go into what the true purpose is for marriage, but I do talk about that in the same podcast, uh, Are You Ready for Marriage? I talk about God's intention and purpose for marriage. So we cannot get married to satisfy an emotional need solely that can't be the sole reason because that's not what the marriage was de- the designed for and so if we do that we will change or alter the purpose of marriage and the danger is in that once we alter the purpose of that marriage to changing it from what God intended it to be for to being to meet an emotional need if or when we become whole in that area the the need for the marriage changes okay so let's take it back to tom let's say tom he becomes this famous uh guitar player right and he's still not really happy because again the ultimate goal was not to become famous the 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 most, the soul was sending out those cravings for him to be accepted. Um, so even though he did the best that he could, he became famous, but he's still not fully accepted. So he's like, boom, I'm going to get a wife. He meets this great girl. Um, she's awesome, super caring, super loving. And she makes him feel good initially. And through the grace of God, somehow... Um, within the marriage, he becomes whole. So he no longer 
um, is seeking acceptance. He feels plenty accepted from his wife and he's good now. But then slowly but surely, his desire for the marriage changes and he no longer desires to be married. And that can happen if the desire to be married was coming from an emotional need, a craving sent from an emotional need, because now the craving has been satisfied. So if we get married to meet the need of our emotions, then once that need is satisfied, we may, not, we may no longer have use for marriage. And of course, God, that is, he doesn't want that for us. So that can happen. We can then grow out of the desire to be married once the need is met. Or we can end up hurting one another in marriage. And I'll give an example. So <clears throat> let's say that Tom's story goes a completely different direction. He never really fully healed from being rejected from his mother. His wife does all that she can, but the, the wounds are too deep for one person to handle. And he's not able, I mean, sorry, not he, she's not able to meet his emotional need. It's too great. The need has been there since, let's say, he was two years old. And she's not able to fill in the depths of what that need has created. She can really hurt herself, hurt her spirit, if she continues to try to fill that void or that depth. Or she can give all that she has, give all of her time, her energy to making him whole. He becomes whole and now she's left with nothing and she resents him and thus and so forth. So these things can come and the Holy Spirit is giving me abuse. Um, and I want you to think of abuse as an abnormal use, not in somebody like hurting or, or um, speaking vilely to someone. But if we get married to meet an emotional need, so if we get married to satisfy an emotional need that we have, that we didn't surrender to God and that he didn't heal, we can abuse marriage, which ultimately can end up in a divorce, which we know that God doesn't want for us anyways. So I know that's probably heavier <laughs> than what you were expecting to hear. So I want to kind of reaffirm you and give you... Um, hope or encourage you. So the Holy Spirit gave me Rebecca and Isaac. Um, the story of them is in Genesis 24. I don't have time to go into the full details, but if you're into love stories, even a little bit, I highly suggest you read the story um, because there's so many serendipitous moments in the, the joining of them. You can see how the Holy Spirit brought them together and it's so dope. So um, Rebecca and Isaac, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you the, the short notes. So Rebecca, no, let's start with Isaac. So Isaac was the son of Abraham and Abraham was a man that God, 
um, saw as righteous. And so he made him a promise um, that even though he at that time had no kids, that he would have um, more kids than he could count, that his descendants would be more than the stars in the sky and the sand on a shore, on a beach. So in his old age, he had a son. He had Isaac um, from his wife, Sarah. And it was now time for Isaac to have a wife. And so Abraham told his servant to go to the land where Abraham was from to get this wife because all of this has to do with the lineage of Jesus and how the prophets um, prophesied that Jesus, the lineage that he would come out of. So he told the servant and Abraham knew that the, even though he was not living where he grew up or where he was from, he knew that Isaac's wife had to come from there to fulfill the prophecy and for the bloodline to be a certain way. So God had promised and blessed Abraham's lineage. So it could not come from a different people. I think at that time, Abraham was living in Canaan. He could not marry a woman from there um, because then that would change the bloodline, change the heritage of people. So uh, the servant went to where Abraham was from. And like I said, there were a lot of serendipitous moments, but God had like baby stepped the, the, the selection or not even the selection, but God had baby stepped the servant into finding the one that God had for Isaac. And so <clears throat> Isaac, uh, they're on. Okay. So the woman, Rebecca, did not know Isaac, um, and she didn't really know the servant either, but she trusted him, and she got on a camel and went from where Isaac was, not Isaac, where Abraham was from to where the promised land or where God had caused Abraham to be, and that took a lot of faith in and of itself because you, you like the, the I believe it was God. God led them together. So Isaac was getting ready to go and meditate, and he sees these camels coming. And Isaac looks up, and he sees the camels, and Rebecca looks up, and she sees him. And she's like, who is that? And the servant's like, that's, that's the guy. <laughs> and she, she veils herself, and the servant tells Isaac everything like okay this is what happened and you know she was by the well and I told God that if she was one she would say this and she said that and she did this and so Isaac marries um it says he took her into the tent and he married her and he was comforted um after the loss of Sarah so Sarah was Isaac's mother and she had died three years before this time. And Isaac could have easily, out of his grieving and his emotional need to be comforted um, or to be recognized, or you could fill in any of those emotional needs, out of his emotional need to satisfy what he was going through, he could have married any woman in Canaan. 
He could have married anybody, but he decided to wait on God. And not only did God bring him a wife, but he brought him the person that would comfort him, the person that would satisfy that need. So we can't in and of ourselves go and select a person or see marriage as the end-all, be-all thing that is going to satisfy the depths of our soul. But if we submit to God in his timing, he will release healing through the person that he's going to bring to us. So I don't want to seem like I'm going back and forth. God, healing belongs to God, but he can use people to heal us. So, and he tends to do that through relationships. So if you look at the story of Rebecca and Isaac, Isaac was grieving. He had lost his mother, but he waited on God and he waited on the timing to be right for God to bring him the person that God had for him. And not only did he gain a wife, but it says that he was comforted after the loss of his mom. So God knows our needs and he knows that we have these emotional needs. And to a certain degree, I believe that he created us with those needs, but we can't hijack this whole situation and decide, okay, I'm going to do this to have this need met. Because if we do, and if we enter into something like a marriage, everything that I'm for mentioned can happen. We can enter into an abuse of marriage, an abnormal use of marriage, because that's not what marriage was created for. So, I am going to ask a question and I don't want you to feel judgment. I'm just asking you what the Holy Spirit told me to ask. So don't shoot the messenger. Um, and this is not something, this is something that God caused me to reflect on um, and to think about a couple of years ago. And this is what has helped me be so sustained and secure in my singleness um, was taking this to God and having him weigh my desire for marriage. So if you think about it, is the desire that you have for marriage, is it coming from God or is it coming from a craving that your emotional need is sending so that it can be met? So Are your desires coming from God or are they coming from a craving? And if you think about it, if it's coming from God, that means that God is sustaining it. So that desire will be there. You will have the desire. It will be present, but there will be no desperation in it. Because if it's coming from God, God ultimately knows what you need and the order and the timing in which those things will come, right? But... If you think about a food craving, it's usually all-consuming. And what I mean by that is that it takes up your thoughts. It's all you can think about. Um, it's always on your mind. 
and it's intense. It's just like the more you think about you not having it, the more you become grieved by not having it. The more you're like, oh, I just want that chocolate brownie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, y'all know what I'm talking about. When you're really craving something, a food, you know, potato chips or whatever, you're thinking about it while the person is talking to you. You're thinking about it in the meeting. You're thinking about it sometimes even while you sleep. There's been times legit when I have dreamed about food. <laughs> Terrible, but it's true. So it's all consuming. It's on your mind all the time. And the even when you deny that craving, you become grieved by it. Is your desire for marriage, is it desperate? Does it feel like you have to have it right now? And if you don't, you become grieved. Does it feel like it's taking up all of your thoughts and all of your time? If so, more than likely, that desire is not from God or not solely from God. That desire is coming from an emotional need. And I'm not saying that you can't have both. You can have a desire from God to be married, but you can also have an, a desire that's being controlled by an emotional need for you to be married so that need can be met. And the way to decipher and to know which desire is which and where it's coming from is one, you can do that short inspection. You can check and see, well, does it have the symptoms of being a craving? Does it sound like, is it intense? Does it take up all of my thoughts? If I think about, mm, if it doesn't happen this year, will I be okay? Or if you have peace in knowing that this is what God has for you and that God is not a man that he should lie and that he's good and he desires to give us good things and so this, that this is on the way and you have peace in trusting in God's time and you have peace in knowing that God is sovereign and that he's good to us and so you're just waiting on the goodness of God for him to fulfill his purpose in your life, well, then more than likely you are operating out of the will, I mean, the desire that God has from you, and that desire is coming from a godly desire. And if you're still not sure, or if you just want to double check, you can always pray. Ask God to weigh your desire for marriage on his scales, not on ours, on his scales. Because I'm going to be honest, when when I, a couple of years ago, I I knew that it was God's desire for me to be married. And God originally gave me that desire to be married. I knew that. But somewhere along the way, either through my own uh, fantasies or thoughts or a child just the time, I began to put marriage on a pedestal. And I began to make marriage the the solution or the the satisfying craving that my emotional needs were sending out and i remember i was really impatient with marriage i was like oh if it doesn't happen now it's not going to happen like how much longer every day was just like okay god where is where is this man like what is he doing is he saving the world is that why he's busy like i don't 
I don't understand why you haven't brought us together. And God checked me in that moment because I wasn't operating out of a godly desire for marriage. I was operating out of my emotional need to be married. Or not to be married, but my emotional need to be satisfied. So I really hope that this helps. I know that this is a hard conversation to have. I know that this may not be received by everyone, but if you do the work and if you sit down and reflect on it and really think about your desires for marriage and where they're coming from, and if you sit down with God and you ask him to weigh these desires, the outcome of that will be peace. You will have a tremendous amount of peace. Like if you think about just being at the bottom of a boat and just no matter where the wind or the water takes the boat, it's just you're calm. That will be the outcome. And I know that to be true because that's that's what it was. I went from being extremely anxious about marriage and feeling like it had to happen tomorrow to just being like, okay, well, you know, whenever. And until then, I'm going to do the work. So, and that's not to say that I don't want marriage, because I do. I want marriage, I want kids, I want the whole nine, but I want it in God's time. So I pray um, that you guys are well and that this message finds you well. I pray that this blesses somebody. And until next time, thank you for listening. Bye.